This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there, my very good friends, and welcome to another edition of Get the Table. I'm Andy Murray. This is Michael Hamflet. This is Michael Sidgwick, and we are here to discuss another white-hot, burning wrestling issue. Today, it's all about Cody Rhodes, who this week... It's proven everybody wrong. Michael Hamflet, here's the suitcase. Unpack it, please. Thanks very much. Yeah, Cody <laughs> Rhodes walked into Canada, which typically might have been seen as a hostile place for a babyface that is evidently being pushed by WWE, while another babyface who is, by the way, also being pushed by WWE, but is one perceived to be loved by the fans more, uh, and didn't get booed. He There was no remote idea that there was a sense of rebellion against the push that is happening for Cody Rhodes, nor did he perform like a guy that was a bit nervous about his reaction. He went out there. He played the number one contender, babyface challenger for the title at uh, WrestleMania, which is what he's done since he returned at the Royal Rumble, where he also got a good reaction, which is also where people were concerned about what kind of reaction he would get in contrast to Sami Zayn. This is a pattern that's happened every week since January, basically. Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn have been able to exist at the same time as top babyfaces. And Cody is the one that has been selected for Mania since the Rumble. And there has been, truthfully, no obvious threat to that in arenas. There is loads of discussion about if this can continue all the way to WrestleMania. But with Ottawa being in Canada, with it being just a day removed from Elimination Chamber, that was the location where people thought, finally, this might kind of cause problems. And it just didn't. Cody and Paul Heyman had a great face-off. Cody's momentum felt as hot and as rolling as ever. And we kind of move now onto the post-Canada weekend period for WWE and assume that that might have been the last hurdle they had to cross with him. We assume at this point anyway. Yeah, with Cody, I think what a lot of people don't get is, I think when people have these conversations, and I don't think they're in bad faith or anything like that, and I'm not saying I know more, because quite frankly, there is an argument to be made that Sammy is the guy, he drives TV ratings, he moves that needle. Is there a big rush to get Cody into that main event picture. But I think people talk about this sometimes, not all people, but as if we're in a different, older paradigm. Yeah. And I don't think that's the case. Genuinely, I feel like we're not in 2015 anymore. I've said this ad nauseum. We don't have to fan cast a work rate underdog hero into a role that WWE would never want them to be in in the first place. Because I think this current WWE audience, that could be wrong because I can't really articulate them. I struggle to do that. Um, I 
enjoys having two different character archetypes, recognizing that one is doomed to not win the big one, but they have a different prize at the end, a different goal um, on their own specific journey. And Cody's got a different one. I feel like they've had the balance perfect, quite frankly, throughout this WrestleMania season, even if there is an argument that, you know, maybe it could have been Sammy's time. And I think balance is the perfect word to describe Cody's character. He embodies, but also very, very subtly and intelligently kind of subverts what it is to be that face of WWE. He's a guy who can ironically and unironically point at the WrestleMania sign and the people who think it's lame think it's funny when he kind of takes a piss out of it <laughs> and the people who love it love it because he kind of means it as well. He's very savvy. He's very smart. He knows how to play that audience. He's a very, very good baby face. And I think that, and we might be stepping on the toes of another point that was set to make, so I'll, I'll keep this brief. It's that I think people have too much respect for him I think if there was ever love to hate, he's become such a meme that you can't not respect him yep. for it, but yep. we'll touch on that imminently. He is, at his core, a very smart and a very silly man simultaneously. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And there's probably a wider point to be made as well. WWE fans are not going to these shows to tear up beach balls and chant CM Punk's no, anymore. No. That Rebel fan does not exist they anymore. They migrated. Exactly, exactly. Another company was created and off they went and now we're left with people who just want to watch the show, which is very fair indeed. So we're at this pretty interesting point. This is almost unique in the last 20 years or so. We're simultaneously, concurrently, whatever word you want to use, WWE have two incredibly hot baby faces, both of whom could really headline WrestleMania in terms of how well they're doing at the moment. But neither of them appears to be cannibalizing each other's popularity. Like we've just gone over, Cody's getting amazing cheers, Sammy's getting amazing cheers, no one's getting in each other way. How did we arrive at this point? It's such a big shift from the days of one person at the top and everyone else kind of scrapping beneath. Booking. Good booking. Yeah, booking. We, we've laboured on this point in a number of different podcasts when there's been particularly great segments on Raw, if we're reviewing them, and they tend to stick out on an episode of Monday Night Raw as well. But good booking dating back to at the absolute earliest, the summer of last year, when Sami Zayn was deeply entrenched within the bloodline and yet everybody knew post Cody's titty falling off that the rumble was a guarantee <laughs> because it was from then. It felt like a guarantee from the night after WrestleMania when Cody Rhodes kind of called his shot about doing what Dusty couldn't and winning the title one year later. Instantly, because there was so few babyface contenders in that company, he felt like a Royal Rumble winner, but especially when he was injured and especially when everybody's immediately racing to see what the timeline for recovery is and all that sort of thing. So when WWE were kind of able to see that they had the potential of two hot baby faces around WrestleMania season. And that obviously fell in line with Vince McMahon resigning in disgrace and Triple H for his many faults, being a guy that seems to like logic and plotting where possible. They've worked towards it. Um, I look back at the the best of the Bloodline segments in the uh, post sort of Clash at the Castle pre-War Games period and what that did for Roman Reigns and the Bloodline to lead into War Games, which itself led into the Christmas break and into the Royal Rumble they knew that entire time that Cody Rhodes was also coming back. It wasn't something that they were blindsided by, which to Sidgwick's point feels like a paradigm of a, of a decade gone by because we as fans could always see that they were going to run into trouble and yet WWE refused to. It's like, if you put Daniel Bryan in that boiler suit, I think come Royal Rumble season, people are still going to want him to win the Royal Rumble, even if he's with the Wyatts. They would just ignore that. But they never did with Cody. They never, ever did from December. It was the Christmas Day episode when he did a quite a sort of clandestine video studio promo 
Really looking forward to coming back, guys. See you soon. And then they ramp up the uh, the Triple H Beautiful Day adjacent vignettes. They announce him for the Rumble. He's not kept a surprise. It's not the, oh, we're, we're waiting for number 30. Here he comes. Cody Rhodes was in the Rumble and in it to win it. They planned for this and had a bit of faith in their booking actually paying off. And for the most part, you know, there's loads of, I think for the most part, good faith, as Cedric says, debate about the bloodline. You can see their plans playing out the way they want them to, even if, say, Elimination Chamber maybe wasn't to everybody's taste or some people wanted Sammy to win. They had a plan and they appear to be sticking to it. The point about your um, the to two main eventers, and that should never be a bad thing anyway, but it's a, an especially good thing right now in WWE when you have two main events. Like WWE, they might shoot for parody. Uh, for parody, should I say, they might shoot for putting Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair in the main event. Would be parody at this point, but they might shoot for parody by putting Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair on night one and Roman Reigns on night two. But there's just as strong an argument for the use of Sammy and Kevin to main event night one as a something to tee up the night two main event and Roman Reigns not being his best self. Sammy and Ro- Sammy and Cody right now are both uh, are making a strong argument for WrestleMania main eventers and WWE in a position where they can give it to them both. That doesn't feel as much like an accident as it would have done even 12 months ago, let alone several years back. Yeah, the concise answer is that they've booked two very different characters very, very well indeed. A bit of happenstance, but that's always the case in wrestling in which Cody's injury deprives people at the most fortunate and unfortunate time because people realize this guy's awesome. He's come in, he's worked an absolutely incredible trilogy with Seth Rollins, and he's playing the part. He's just incredible, and ah, just when we were really gravitating towards him, he's gone away. Sami Zayn plays this incredibly different, um, sympathetic underdog who just wants validation, who just wants friendship at the end of the day, and he's going to get that reward. So that's the basic answer. And just a brief tangent here, I again think that the wrong comparison's getting used. Cody Rhodes isn't Batista, Cody Rhodes isn't Roman Reigns. I think that Sami Zayn being Mick Foley is a great shout. But let's not pretend that the world is going to end in three months. It might, knowing how it's going. (laughs) But let's have a bit of faith in WWE. Strange for me to say in that we could theoretically have Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn being strong baby faces for the next couple of years. Maybe there's no rush to do Cody or there's no rush at all. If they're as talented and as over as people are saying, maybe we can do two years' worth of material with them in the babyface roles. I think the comparison here is Tetsuya Naito and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega was the one to dethrone Okada when everyone wanted it to be and thought it was going to be Tetsuya Naito. And just to extend that comparison further, if it goes tits up, and we're going to delve into that imminently, if it goes tits up for Cody, what happened with Tetsuya Naito? The fans didn't stop believing him because they were besotted with him. They stuck with him. He was a star, just like Sami Zayn's a star. He got this great program with Chris Jericho to reheat him, which is really underrated, I think, that was so successful as a rehab job. And then at Wrestle Kingdom 2020, he won the big one. He finally got it two years after everyone thought that was going to happen. And then before the pandemic struck, Tetsuya Naito, through the biggest gate in what is the best way to say this is like B-level pay-per-view tier. So not Dominion, not Wrestle Kingdom, but you're talking about your destructions, your power struggles, your new beginnings of all of that tier of New Japan big shows. Tetsuya Naito versus Kenta in February 2020, just before the pandemic hit, was the most successful of all of them. It can be done pushing two different baby faces and putting them in one and A and one and two 
it can't be done. We've seen it forever. I think because it's so brand new to WWE that people are struggling to comprehend this. I've got faith in WWE, guys. <laughs> so what we're saying is trust the process. Oh, long. Maybe we'll get <laughs> to that. <laughs> well, that moves us into quite nicely our next point here. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, Cody Rhodes is a very chaotic man. Love as him. we know. That's one of his greatest strengths is the, the chaos factor. That's why I call him silly all the time. Because he is... But he's great at the same time. Um, here in WWE, obviously, he's a little bit more at the mercy of scripting and more rigid formats than he was in AEW. Although you'd imagine he enjoys a degree of freedom with the words that come out of his mouth every week. Um, so it's a bit of a different scenario, but we've seen with him in AEW things going sour. We've seen it to a degree when he was on the Indies in New Japan, but they pivoted really quickly into throwing him into Bullet Club and doing all of that stuff. And the Okada main event in the US, which was very heated. The question with Cody for me is how long does this last for? How long does he sustain this? And do you think WWE will have the chops to to pivot if necessary? Can I take this one yeah, first? Yeah. Talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, right, I'm not naive to suggest that everyone stays over forever, particularly in the same role. I thought that in 2019, Cody was so beloved by that AEW base. He was like a cult leader. Yeah. Um, and like no, no disrespect. Certainly, to what it felt like when you're outside. The no club. disrespect to Sean Spears, who I thought was underrated, goaded in that program <laughs> in 2019. But if you had a said to people in January, "Oh, Cody's going to do a program with them, Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears," you would have thought, "Really, is that how they're going to do this in AEW with how fashionable and state of the art the elite stuff was?" And he was perfect. Sean Spears was awesome in that role. And I just thought, Jesus Christ, this guy's going to be the hero. He's going to be the face of it. He's going to be the Babe Ruth. He's going to be like the number nine. He's going to be the hero who you just never, ever get bored of. Fast forward to two years later, he was solving racism. He was setting himself on fire. He was gigging. He was running the razor in every single match, and it just scanned his desperation. And I think people just thought, right, well, he's a carny. He's full of it. He's all over the place in his messaging, and he's trying way too hard, and there's nothing worse than a baby face who tries too hard. All of that now is really funny. 
Like, I think there's an eye from the people who would kind of usually dissent. And again, I don't know how many people there are who are like that in the WWE audience anymore. John Cena is like their hero. That's unfathomable to me in the wrestling journey I've been on, but I'm not on the same journey by my own admission as the current set of WWE fans. If there is a dissenting sort of quarter to that WWE audience these days, like, I don't think that the conditions are in place in WWE that would allow Cody to indulge these almost very impulsive, panicked impulses, impulsive impulses, you know what I mean, to just get over, to do something crazy. Like, he'll be reined in. I don't think he'd be allowed to be that indulgent. And those dissenting voices, I just think everyone kind of loves Cody. The kind of, I think there's been an acceptance now that he's kind of full of it. He himself is on record. I think it was after the WrestleMania 38 press conference. He was a bit coy and a bit self-deprecating. He's like, yeah, I've spoke a lot in absolutes before. I'm not going to do that again. That was him euphemistically saying people have caught me on my BS mm. and I've just, there's no point in doing that anymore. And I think he's just a meme who isn't a joke and is beloved for it. He also happens to be this unbelievable, fiery, passionate baby faces who's mastered the rhythm of how to get crowds behind him in matches. He's incredible at what he does. So look, no one turns heel or baby face forever, but I don't think it's um, months away from all frittering away. I think he's in his perfect form right now, and that's ideal because he's going to main event WrestleMania. It being Cody, you know that form can completely shift and change in six months' time if he feels he needs to. And even I'm being, maybe I'm just being worked by even suggesting he's in his perfect form, but that's kind of Cody's mastery at play yet again. Something on the chaos run of 2021 as well. Um, one of the reasons at the time why that drew derision, truthfully. It wasn't, some weeks it was charming because it was Cody. Some weeks it was infuriating. Other weeks it was boring. And none of those were really- Confusing as well. None of those were ideal in that specific period in AEW's history, because that was the summer of 2021. I compared it at the time to having, like living in a flat share of like six people and there having to be one person that you didn't really get along with. And they became the target for everybody else's vitriol. That was Cody Rhodes in AEW. That was a near perfect product. And then the Cody-verse was the, the catch-all for, what's this idiot up to this week then? What, <laughs> what does he fancy? What does he want to talk about this week? You know, in WWE, that as a place might suit that, even if that starts to happen, even if it feels like that character is going off the rails, things simply don't go off the rails in as, is as chaotic a way as they could in AEW because of the freedom. There is freedom in AEW. So there will be, talent will be given a lot of rope before Tony Khan, Tony Khan has to say, enough. I've got to rein you back in. They don't even get that much in WWE, but when they do, it's the place that almost suits it more. A stupid thing, an inane thing. Once we would have deemed it worthy of WrestleCrap thing happened on Monday Night Raw every single week for the last 20 years. And it does most weeks, even now under Triple H. Cody's stuff, I don't think would stick out as as wacky as it, as it did in AW. All it would appear as is, oh, the star power has started to diminish. And he would be a read of that as well. And he would be thinking, when's the time for me to jump back? Like, do I try and get back before my star power diminishes and my value goes down? Or he stays true to his word and retires at 40, I guess. But, you know, I just, I think that even even wacky chaos era Cody plays differently in WWE, mm. differently to how we saw it in 2021. And to move on to a more definitive timeline and then, WrestleMania, a few weeks away, Cody gets there, beats the big man, ends Roman's reign. He's the world champion. He's won the belt that his dad never could win. That's the story they've gone with since the moment he returned. What's next for Cody after WrestleMania? Does he have the long reign? Does he have a shorter reign? Who steps up? What's he up to? 
this is not the most commercially sound idea. Well, commercially, not a great idea, this. I don't think it's the best uh, idea for his character. But my God, I would love to see Cody Rhodes and Bray Wyatt do something. <laughs> Can you imagine? It would be absolutely unbelievable. Look, I think that Triple H sometimes in his booking has a habit of doing a pretty dumb thing because the ends justify the means. And I think that's true of the Royal Rumble. I think he got away with that bizarre backwards, literally backwards, one in 30 yeah. Gunther and Cody thing with the idea being he can revisit that at SummerSlam and Gunther without even having to tell a story because he can tell a story in the context of a match because it's wrestling, can just say, if the rules were reversed, I would have had your number. You beat me after 70 minutes. Try and do it after one second being in the ring when I'm fresh. Easy. SummerSlam main event. If they can continue to position Gunther as they are doing so, that's a money match. We saw the glimpse of it. It was awesome. I think the full spectacle 20 minutes Cody Rhodes Gunther has got WWE match of the year written all over it. You've got one of the best baby faces of his generation. Someone again who's got that psychology, crowd manipulation, the fire, the timing of when to do things against Gunther, just one of the all-time great wrestlers in ring already, I would say, looking at the past, past, what, six, seven years of his career. That is the big one for me, the first one where I'd buy a title switch. Is there anyone on that roster now who, where I'm going to buy a title switch off? I'm not sure, and I think that's a problem, and I think it could be a little bit dry and bland, between WrestleMania and SummerSlam, and this is the risk that Triple H always takes by virtue of being dry and bland. <laughs> I would turn Drew McIntyre heel. I'd like to see that. Mm. There's loads of... Um, Cody has said for WrestleMania he's going to represent all the indie companies he worked for on his weight belt and things like that, and this is going to be... Which, in a way, is like... That'll annoy Strowman. He could be a heel. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> which, in a way, kind of, like, actually makes him a perfect amalgamation of the John Cena figure and the indie flippy guy that fans rally behind. Cody's saying, I'm both, actually, so you don't need to worry. But I think there's a, something that hasn't been explored with Cody yet because he came back and he feuded with Seth, had won, like, nothing match with The Miz, and then has kind of gone straight into winning the Rumble and fighting Roman Reigns, or targeting towards Roman Reigns. They've avoided pretty much everybody else of significance. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar is the sort of thing that you can still, like, pitch quietly as... This is an AEW dream match that you never thought you'd get. It, like Cody Rhodes can easily position himself as the guy that came over from AEW now that he's done the WWE, mm -hmm. but he's got, I've come here because I've got to win, my, like live my dream of being WWE champion. Right, I got that now. Actually, the cool thing is that I set up over here and I want to fight all these guys from over here. And like Brock Lesnar is a one. Like I whinged and whinged and whinged that we never got Punk in AEW when they were both on the same roster. Cody has still got that AEW sheen to him if he wants to like turn up the volume within himself about it. And I would love to see that Brock match. I think that would be absolutely massive. It would make Brock feel fresh all over again. Back when he was when he was the guy coming in and it was like, right, who are we lining up for Brock? He's now kind of out. We've seen this with Bobby Lashley. He's out of dream matches, completely out of dream matches. Cody is a new one. Cody Gunther, they were showing you it. I think mm -hmm. that was the Royal Rumble. I'd have to go back and see who else they were pairing him off with. This Cody Rhodes, I don't know if it would main event a pay-per-view, but I would have a look at this Cody Rhodes versus an edge for example, like there are certain stars that never overlapped with Cody Rhodes anyway, let alone the superstar version of him. It does, he feels like a brand new signing when he's WWE champion because he's not done anything else yet. 100%. You might have stumbled upon someone with Braun as well. I mean, we've just seen in the brief Gunther program that, you know, for all the silly things surrounding that human being that... 
you can do a job in that um, mm-hmm. in that kind of monster gatekeeper that you need to get past this big roadblock mm-hmm. in the way of your progress. So all kinds of exciting options. He's I done think. all right, you know, Braun. Just yeah. incidentally, he has done quite yeah. well on this return. Yeah, he's yeah. Completely changed my perception of him. You take the man off Twitter. He's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's true <laughs> of myself. I, well. I think it's everyone. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to wrap this one up today. Thank you so much for joining us here in the studio. I'm Andy Murray, Michael Hanflin, Michael Sidgwick. Remember, you can get these podcasts wherever you consume these things, be it Spotify, Apple Music, pop it in your little app, What Culture Wrestling, you'll find us. We're, we're not hard to, to find. Um, please like, share, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications, follow us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, follow Michael Hanflin at... Michael Hanflin. Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for How Do You Do It? See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.